What's up, y'all? This is Ramel Watley, and welcome to Truck and Hustle, the podcast for trucking entrepreneurs. If you want to learn about the trucking industry from the business side of things, you're in the right place. Every week, I interview the people who are making it happen on a daily basis. I get them to share their successes, their failures, and sometimes even their secrets. The goal is to show you how you too can create financial freedom in the booming trucking industry. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. So the name 16 Things, um, as I stated before how I was pregnant at the age of 16, that name came from where a lot of people, including myself, had life-changing experiences happening to them at that age. I know for one, you know, me, I, I was 16 and pregnant. Well, my husband, he did time at the age of 16. My brother, he lost his best friend at the age of 16. He saw me, he saw the bad right in the face. It is overcoming the obstacles in life that you grow through too. Also, not just to get old, but to overreaching. So, like, for instance, at 16, she's not just achieving, she's overachieving right now. Like, a place like this, right? For the trucks, that's, you know, so we. Be educated before you jump into this business. Do your research and look into exactly what you're getting into and what you're buying and take it from there. Hi, this is Star with 16 Face Diesel, located in Union City, Georgia, the first woman owned diesel shop. You are now listening to Truck and Hustle. Turn my mic up. Take there. Yeah, yeah, uh, on the road to the riches. Life takes a toll like bridges. Good friends become foes and snitches. Better watch who knows in your business. All right, all right, all right, Hustle Fam, Hustle Fam. We are back with another amazing episode. And today I am in Union City, Georgia. Is That's that right. what it is? Union, Union City, City, Georgia, near Atlanta. Uh, I have the honor and the privilege to be with Miss Star Skidmore. Skidmore. Of 16 Phase Diesel, the first woman owned diesel shop. Now, Star, you are a unicorn in this space. It's, there aren't many women owned diesel shops, right? That's right. That's so, right. you are truly special. So, we have to get this story and understand how you got where you are today. In addition to a diesel shop owner, you're a fleet owner as well. I am. So you run some trucks too? I do. So yes. we got a lot to talk about, Star. So, yeah. so, so first of all, welcome to Truck and Hustle. Thank you for having me. Uh, thank you for being here. All right. So let's get into the story. First, let's kind of talk about it. Where, where, where are you from? What, where, are you born here in Georgia? I am. I'm okay. born here. Um, I'm from Atlanta, Georgia. Um, born and raised in Decatur, what they, what they call it. Decatur, where it's major. COD. That's there right. we go. Yes. Um, but yeah, I've been, I grew up here. Um, I've, I've always been a hustler. I've been, even when I was younger, um, I was, I became pregnant at the age of 16, hence the name. Um, okay. Ah, so <laughs> okay. okay. when I was in high school, I found out that I was pregnant. And, um, so, I mean, I thought it was a life-changing event, of course, but at the moment I thought like, oh my God, my life is over. Like I'm, I'm a teenager <laughs> getting, I'm pregnant, about to be a mom. I was like, what am I going to do? So, you know, I, I finished high school. Um, she was a baby sitting up there while I walked across the stage because I was determined to get my degree. So I did that and went into um, where, where I started at Nissan um, okay. when she was like three years old. Okay. That's where I originally came into the automotive industry. Got it. Got it. So you, you finished high school and you got into work at Nissan as a, a tech mechanic? So I started um, at, at Nissan as a receptionist Okay. in 05. Got it. Yeah. So how how'd you get that opportunity to work at Nissan? How, how'd that happen? Well, I was a waitress um, at 
Applebee's. Okay. So this this group of people used to come in, and her name was Cynthia. She was a friend of mine. Um, I didn't know her at the time, but she told me. She said, "Hey, um, we're we're opening a new location, and we'll be hiring for receptionists." I'm like, "Really?" And I said, "Okay." I said, "This would be perfect. I can get out of the, you know the the food industry and stuff right. like that, make more money." So I called. Um, they called me in for an interview. I was interviewed. I came in, started as a receptionist. A year later, I was re- um, I was promoted to a booking clerk. And then after that, I was promoted to a warranty administrator, which is the position that I actually retired at. Okay. So So, how old were you at that time when you started with them? When I started? When you started? 20. I was 20. You were 20? Yeah. Okay. So very very young. Yeah, I was young. Yes. And you said you retired there as a what? What was that? Last year, actually. In March. Okay. Gotcha. And what was that position you were? It's a warranty administrator. So you were with them for how long? 17 years. Okay. So you were with them for a while. Very long time. So you learned the business. I learned all the aspects of the business um, because I worked in the service department. So, you know, although I was in there as a warranty administrator, I had more I had more of a role. And I have my boss to thank for that because he was my former boss. Um, He's the one who pursued like kind of persuaded me to get the warranty position. I didn't want it at first. And he was like, you know, you'll always need that. So the warranty administrator, what they do is submit warranty claims to the manufacturer of let's say you took this BMW in there and you say, I need a, a engine. If it's under warranty, then you would get, they, you would just sign your paper and go. Okay. So that's where I, when I was there, I learned all the aspects of, you know, talking with technicians, pay, doing payroll, like all kind of stuff, gross profit and things of that nature. That's where I learned all that. So I tried to get out of the business, but God had better plans because I, had I did that, I wouldn't be where I am right now. Mm. because I was like, I'm just tired of, you know, you know, I, you can't take off at the end of the month because it's like, it's very demanding. So that's why I learned everything that I know as far as, you know, like automotive and service, Got and it. which is why it was so, I'm not going to say easy, but it was, you know, a walking apart for me to kind of, to get the transition. Yep. So what were all the different roles that you held at Nissan? Because you said like four. Yeah, I was a receptionist. And then I was re- promoted to a booking clerk. Okay. Um, that's just What's a booking clerk do? You're finalizing tickets, um, whether they're internal for inside of, like if it's an internal car that we're doing for the dealership or a customer a customer car or warranty. Okay. But it's basically, I was it was up to me to finalize the paperwork so that they can leave and, you know, give that bill to the cashier. Okay. And then I was promoted after that a year later to the warranty administrator. And that's where, you know, those same tickets that I used to book and code, I would pr- submit those to Nissan or Chrysler or whoever I'm, you know, I'm working for at that time. Mm-hmm. And that manufacturer would reimburse the dealer. So it was a very, very important position. Got it. So after 17 years at Nissan, that's a long time. <laughs> what made you decide to leave? Well, I had I've always had plans on doing my own thing. But in 2020, that's when I, I bought my, my first truck. Okay. Um, and we why? Talking, why, why? Why just buy a truck? I mean. Because, well, first off, yeah. prior to that, years before that, it was brought to my attention to, it was like a, well, one of my cousins. They wanted to get a truck. But they had like five people saying like, oh, we're split between this person. and Five all people these. buying one truck? Yeah. I was like, <laughs> yeah, um, no. That I, math ain't mathing. Like, no, it ain't mathing at all. I said, no, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. So my brother, um, he was interested in getting into the business. So he brought it to my attention. He said, I know you're just waiting on me for me to get the money. So um, let's do it like next year. I said, okay. okay, cool. 
And this is 2020. This was actually before, 19. Before. So before the pandemic. Yes. All right. So he called he called um, Kevin, which was his, they worked together at the time with his friends, um, who is now my husband. And he brought What's me up, in. Kevin? <laughs> <laughs> and he brought me in and he taught me everything. Like taught me everything that I know. He had been in trucking for a long time. He had his company. Um and I was like, you know, I'm just, I'm a little scared because, you know, people talk about how much it costs, the maintenance, and, you know, you can't find a driver. And he's like, I'm not going to let you fail. Just right. come, like, do it. And I was like, all right, I'm doing it. And I went and bought the first one, and then the second one came, and the third one came. And before I knew it, I was growing so fast, I had another, a problem that people usually don't have, which is I had drivers and no trucks. Mm. Usually you have trucks and no drivers. But you're, And you're still at Nissan at the time. So I was still like at a, Nissan. It was like a side hustle It was a side you, right? hustle, yep. So, and I don't know if you said this, so what sparked your interest in the truck? Was it your cousin or did you have an interest prior to that in just getting in trucking? They initially brought the interest to me. Yeah. Um, and when I was hearing the numbers, they sounded cool. Yeah. Not to split between five people. Right. So right, right. that, like I was interested in it and I, and I still kept that interest in the back of my head. Um, and then my brother, when he came and was like, hey, you know, because I took the opportunity to him and told him about it. Okay. So um, it was just, I just wanted to get in it at some point. I was like, at some point, I'll, I'm a, I'll buy a truck. You'll get a truck. Just didn't know when I wanted to do it. What kind of truck did you get? Was it a new truck or a used? No, it was a used truck. It was a 2014 Freightliner. Okay, got yeah, it. Yeah, that so, was the first so one. Now you're starting this trucking business while you're at Nissan. You say you have a bunch of drivers. How, how, how are you getting all these drivers? Why do they all want to work for you? Well, well, <laughs> <laughs> well. So when we when we, when we got the first truck, um, that truck was supposed to come with a driver. Okay, didn't happen that way. So we had this driver. Um, he was you know mediocre. Then when I got um, I got this a second one. Well, after those first two trucks, when, you know, I, I don't know if it was word of mouth. I honestly just don't know. But I know I received a phone call because I was going to start leasing trucks. Okay. And that was um, one of the things that one of my, I'm still going to do it. It's one of my goals is to actually be able to lease trucks to owner operators um, through us. Okay. So one guy called and said, hey, what if, uh, what if I said I want to work for you, but I don't want to lease a truck because I'm not ready for that now. I said, okay, that's fine. So I went and bought him a truck. Okay. Then I had another guy. He was about to leave. And, um, well, he was leaving where he was. And Kevin just happened to see him in a parking lot. And he was like, hey, you know, we have this lane. We have this going on. Why don't you come over here? So he said, okay. I interviewed him. He accepted the interview. I interviewed him. He said, okay, I'm coming on. So I went and bought him a truck. Mm. So it was like, it was just stuff like that where it was just come. And I mean, and I don't know where it was coming from. Even Kevin, like, you know, he was like, this is like something I've never seen before. Got he said you. the the way that you're growing is he just it's really unheard of. Like I've been in this game for a long time, and he said I, I haven't seen this before. So so what were you doing? What was what kind of work were you doing with the trucks? We are here live at OTR Solutions HQ. I'm here with my partner Jonathan. Man, listen, factoring is an integral part of the transportation industry. Why is factoring important? Absolutely, Ramel. In this economy, in this market, cash flow is king. Cash flow is the key to growth. If you have a young trucking company or if you've been in the industry for years and you want to take that business to the next level, we're absolutely a company that can help. So I hope you'll give us a call today. Let us know what we can do to help you out. Get the rest and roll with the best. Let's go. Well, 
we were just haul well, I was hauling well, let me back up. Before I even went to Amazon, we were um going back and forth to Florida. Okay. There was a Florida lane and it was just going back and forth. Like general freight? Yep. Did, so this was like a, a, a direct shipper or like no, a it was that you were a company. with? It was oh, through a company. Were you leased on to yep. a company? Mm -hmm. Okay, got you. Because one thing that he taught me was I know a lot of people when they come into it, they think like, oh, let me, you know, let me get my authority. But the one thing he taught me was, no, don't, don't do that. That's not the first thing that you should do. Lease on to a company. See, you know, see how your driver is going to perform. And then if you get a good driver, go get your authority. Got so it. So I leased on. I did what he told me to do. And the driver that I, that I got, um, I think maybe a few months. Like he only, he only ran that lane for like maybe two months. Okay. Um, and he, he was able to look, he said, he's going to be good. Okay. Said, How can you tell? And he said, anytime you have a driver running all night like that, they're going to be good. Right. So once he, we kind of was like evaluating him, I got a phone call um, from a friend of mine saying that, hey, we have this opportunity. Um, it's, they're delivering like medical, medical waste going back and forth to Alabama. Um, I said, okay. But it was like, you need your authority. Mm. I said, all right. So I'll go get it. And he said, if you want to get the authority, he's the one to build it with, that driver. Okay. I said, so you think you should go for it? And he's like, absolutely. So I did. Um, I got the authority. However, that what they the, what the friend called me about didn't actually pan out. So <laughs> I had to sign up with Amazon. Okay. And I it. started running with Amazon. Running with so who were you leased on to prior to getting your authority? It was uh, Cornerstone. Cornerstone? Mm -hmm. Okay. And what's interesting about what, what you're saying as I listen to the story is you're pretty much buying trucks when you get the driver. Well, yeah. sometimes people get the truck and then they look for and the they driver. look for a driver. Right. So is that like your methodology, like find the driver first and then get the truck for the driver? Is that kind of the way you think about it? Not really. Okay. It's just that just kind of happened when when I was when he had the opportunity when he was talking to that driver because the second truck I bought it didn't I didn't have a driver for that one. Okay. As a matter of fact, I didn't have a truck a driver for the first uh, truck that I had because that driver had quit. So I had two trucks. That I didn't have a driver for. Okay. So it's not always that way, but it just kind of depends on like the situation at hand at the moment. They Got happened it. to call me getting one of the job. The other guy, he came up to him and like, hey, you know, we have this lane. He agreed. So I was like, all right. Because I already knew how they, how he ran. Right. So you now knew he was dependable. Absolutely. I'm, I won't just buy it for anyone. Mm. Because if I know how this driver runs, I know he can perform, then I'll go buy a truck. Got it. So- for, for, for the purchase of the trucks, how are you buying these trucks? You buying them outright cash? You financing them? What are you doing to, to continuously buy multiple trucks? You're up to like four trucks now, right? At that time, yeah. yes. Yeah. Um, most of them were most of them were uh, leased. Okay. They, I'm sorry. I, I um, so it was got a lease. Loan. It was like a was it a lease option through the company or was it? No, it was, okay. a, it was a loan. I just went to the bank and got a loan for, okay. um, for some of them. Okay, got it. All right, so now you're running this trucking company, but you're still working at Nissan. Still at, yep. So how how are you doing that? Are you dispatching these guys? You have a, a somebody else dispatching. How are you juggling? Because I'm sure your job's pretty demanding. Yeah. I mean, you've been <laughs> yeah. there for like 17 years, and you've had all these roles. So I'm sure they look to you to yeah. do a lot of work, right? Yeah. So how yeah. are you juggling these two things? Well, it was it when when the, when the truck was leased on. It's, it wasn't as demanding because they can, they're the ones who actually dispatch the truck. The only time they really call me is if there's an issue. So at that point, it was fine. When I transferred over to Amazon, then it became like it was, it was a little tough because I mean, you're, I'm constantly on the load board, right. but I'm on, but I'm also on the, on the, on the computer. Was this relay? 
Yes. Okay. Yes. Gotcha. So were you making were you making any money with the lease opportunity or like not really like the, how, the first one yeah, Cornerstone? Yeah. Like no. How how was that overall in terms of the business model for you? It was okay. I mean, it really it depends on your driver. Um, it was fine. It's just the only reason why I even branched out to get the authority was because the guy told me that we were that we they had a lane doing the um the medical waste right and we would make like two thousand dollars a load right so i'm like oh bump this i'm gonna pull this truck <laughs> i'm pull this truck i'm come over here gotcha but that was the only reason why i even really got the authority okay so it worked out though because i don't i wouldn't go back to leasing yeah but got it all right so now you start working with amazon so tell me a little bit about that so you bring, I was you up bring all four night. trucks over to them Nope, I only brought one. Okay. I only brought one to start. Um, Amazon is very particular about their, uh, about, well, your performance. I'm your driver. Just your performance because it goes by the, your um, on time, disruption, um, the app usage. Like they, all this stuff is in the metrics of kind of like grade you and give you the score. And that score is based on what loads that you actually see on the load board. So we're very in particular when anytime I hire a driver on, I prefer them to run somewhere else where I'm leased on or just not on um, the load board and to see how he performs. Then I move him over to Amazon. Mm. Um, that process was pretty tough at, because, I mean, I was new to first of all, I was new into trucking. I had only been into it for like a year. That's number one. Right. <laughs> and then trying to go into the load board. I'm like, OK, hold on. This is different. But even then, he was like, this is Amazon is still easy because you, you really you have to call like the broker to see, hey, if they have this load available, you know, um, the, the weight rate commodity, like you have to find out all these things. So Amazon was pretty like a walk in the park because you don't have to talk to anyone. OK, but the, the most time consuming thing was actually trying to find those loads. Mm. There are some times where he would take a picture of me and show me the next day where I was asleep, literally, and the load board, like, I had my cell phone in my hand, and I'm just passed out <laughs> with it in my hand. You just see the load board. Right. Because it was, yeah, okay. it was tiresome. Okay, got it. And how long did you run with Amazon? I still run you with still them. still run now. with them? Mm -hmm. Okay, got yeah. you. Now, are you diversified? Do you do any other lanes, or is it, are you kind of like have everything in Amazon now? Most of, uh, most of them are at Kroger, actually. Okay. Yeah. Kroger. How'd you get that opportunity? Kevin, my husband. Okay. So he was running, he was running Kroger and I was running Amazon. Got it. So once, once we kind of saw that, um, like what shifted me over there is that the, the guys at Kroger, they're home every night. So if, when they're home every night, I'm, I started seeing their numbers when once he, because he kind of talked to someone who was up like higher up in the um, chain with, um, with them. And he gave us, they, we had like this little dedicated route. Um, where they were like doing just local loads, but those local loads, the, how they paid and you know, you have these hustle drivers, they were making the same amount of money as my guys were making at Amazon, mm. not being home every night. Right. So I'm telling my drivers, I'm like, look, you can make the same money over here and be home every night. They're making two, $3,000. That's the same thing you're doing, but you're not home every night. Right. So I eventually um, moved them, shifted them over to Kroger and just started running that primarily. Got it. And these are power only loads? Yes. Got you. So you just pulling Kroger trailers yep. and Or re their reefer trailers or their, or their drive trailers. vans. Yep. Got it. Mm -hmm. Got it. All right. So pretty much so now you kinda run between Kroger and Amazon. And now you have this idea to start a diesel shop. So where did that come from? Tell me about that. So when I got when I got the trucks, 
the I, I noticed I'm like man all my money is going to maintenance really really I'm paying a lot of money in maintenance yeah so I just you know because as the trucks as I started getting more um I started seeing it was a heavy penny going in there and then plus you know he has his fleet as well so both you know both of our fleets we're you know paying a lot of money in maintenance so I was like you know we need to get a shop how many trucks you guys have all together 12 12 okay mm-hmm. got it Got so it. I was like, we need to get a shop. Um, and the thing is, I was going to go off on another venture. I was going to do some salon suites. Okay. And I was like, no, because I started thinking, I need something that will help me on one end and gain on another end. So salon suites wouldn't help me on one side. It'll help me on one side, which is I'll make money right. from salon. But that's it. Doesn't but help if your I trucking a, business. Exactly. So if I get a diesel shop, that's going to save me money. In repairs and maintenance on on my trucks, but also because I take outside, you know, people as well, I make money from that. Right. So it's you know it's a hand in hand thing there. Makes sense. Makes sense. What's the first step of in starting the the diesel shop that that you had to take? I mean, you have to find the property. Tell me about that that process. Um. Yes, finding the property that was a headache in itself. Every time I called, first first off, I was I wasn't even looking at anything of this magnitude, this size at all. Honestly, I was looking for one or two bays. <laughs> and I was <laughs> like, we just need somewhere where we can take these trucks. And you know, because I'm like, okay, this it's a smaller overhead if we get a smaller one, mm-hmm. and I can, you know, if some, one of our trucks come in, we can get it fixed. But we can also take some customer trucks. Right. Um. But every time I called, they would call me back. But they'll say, hey, you call about this property on such and such? I'm like, yeah. And it's like, I just want to let you know it's leased. I was like, back to the drawing board. <laughs> and I had a broker that was helping me try to find some. But he was, all the all the ones he was sending me were more for cars. So you have to have, of course, a, a certain clearance height so that the trucks can fit in there. So yeah. I was like, okay, I'm going to just find this thing myself. So I was day and night just looking at, you know, build, buildings, riding to around, trying to find places. Um, and then I found this one. And the guy called and said it was still available. So I just flew over here. I was like, I'm on my way. <laughs> once he told me that the clearance height was, you know, enough. Okay. So um, once we, I came here, um, the guy, I think he, he liked me. He said, uh, you know, he liked that what we were doing. Like, I told him I wanted to do a diesel shop here. And I know he had other people that wanted to do something else, like a salon suites in here, um, a tent, tent company. Mm. So... He really liked that. He's like, I like the fact that you're doing it. You know, you're doing, you're keeping it automotive. He right. said, I would like keeping the, it what it is. Yeah. So true to its um, core, to, it, the, to the roots. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's how that came about. And I was like, okay, well, do you need a, a broker? Like, you need me to send over? He's like, no, I don't even, I don't need anything. I don't need anything like official. You can just send me a LOI. Okay. So I thought, okay. So I typed it up, sent it to him. He sent it over. They approved it and. There, it, the keys were mine. Got it. So initially, was you, I, I know you kind of spoke on this. Was the intent to just kind of have it for your own trucks to just do internal work on your on your equipment, or was it kind of like we want to do something for the public as well? I want to always do something for the public as well. Um, it's just that I didn't ex, I didn't expect to for it to be as big as I actually got. Okay. Um, and a lot of that, I just I just give the glory to God because God is the one who who had put all this together. I was thinking too small, mm. clearly. Mm. But you know, so <laughs> I was thinking too small, one or two. Um, he put it in perspective, like you know, this is the, all the one or twos. I never I didn't get them. Like right. they were all leased out. The only thing that was available, well, that I liked was this one. Yeah. Um, 
And he made a way. He made a way for that. So I'm just very grateful, grateful for it. But I've always wanted to do something for the public. Got it. Okay. So in terms of getting the business started, what did you have to do like in terms of like compliance, insurance? Can you talk a little bit about that? What what does it take to actually own a diesel shop? You have to have garage insurance. Um, that can be pretty hefty because you you know, you have to be able to cover all the equipment that's on your lot. Okay. So all those trucks, I mean, that's easy, like that's like ninety six hundred dollars. Okay. That, it's called um, garage insurance. Garage, yeah, it's a garage insurance. And that and that covers that covers what damage to yep. trucks or Every, yeah, it covers that, everything. You, that's under the garage. Cor- correct. Okay. Because you can get a regular policy, but that regular policy covers the building. But you need one that's going to cover the equipment as well. Okay. Because we have people's trucks here, so okay. Um, you, you have to get like that. Ninety six hundred dollars. Ninety six hundred. Yeah, for a year. A year. Okay, mm-hmm. got it. Um. Finding the building, of course. Yeah. Um, you have to get the inspection done for and obtain your business license. What else do you have to do? And I think mine was pretty simple because of the people, like the the setup that we had here. You already it was already kind of set up like for it, right? So so it was built to be an actual automotive um, bike shop. Okay. That's what it was built for. Okay. Yeah. Got it. So that didn't work out. So when I came along, they, they finished it. Because like I said, the building was still it was still undone. Okay. In terms of like, you know, finding vendors and, and, and people to supply you or that whatever you need to kind of, you know, outfit the shop, like how does that process work, right? Like t- talk about that a little bit. You have a lot of vendors that will actually come here. Um, because they're trying to sell their, their stuff. When they hear you open the shop, yes. they start finding you. They start okay. finding you. Yeah. I have, I mean, I've had shop supplies, um, vendors coming here, uh, oil because, you know, we have our own oil now. At first we said buy them like as needed. Yeah. Um, coolant, all that stuff. You need all of that, uh, parts. That's like the main thing. And now, um, one of the, we're like, we're about to branch off to do the 16 phase parts because, the the main thing I would say the like the difficulty in with the diesel shop is getting parts because mm. it can take like when you're physically going around and trying to get them yourself, it takes a lot of time to do that. And then you have a customer sitting here like, oh, it's taking too long. You know, like, how can we speed it up? So um, we're going to I want to this building won't be enough. I mean, we'll be able to store some stuff, but I'll get a separate building um, for our parts. And then eventually with the other stores that will be built. They will have parts and service. So how does how does that work with parts? I mean, is it like kind of like you do it just in time, like when you need them, or do you have to have like a, a like stock some of the parts, or like what do you stock or always have on hand, and then what do you kind of get on an as need basis? So like simple stuff you want to try to keep on hand, um, which is like your filters, brakes, batteries, stuff like that, um, where you can have. I mean, we have oil, coolant, so that stuff is here. You know, you, most of your clients you might have, they want to do like a PM. Um, even if they don't want to be a, do a PM, you still have sometimes have to like drop the oil out of it. So those little things right there, the, the quick, simple things you can probably like have on hand. Okay. Um, I'm working on being able to have a building to have everything on hand. I mean, I won't always have everything, but the most that we see. Right. So that's what I'm working on now so we can have our own parts. The most common problems. Exactly. So w- w- when you say have your own parts, what what does that mean? Like, does that mean have like a 16 phase brand of parts? Or does that mean like you become like a distributor? Like, could you get, could you expound on that a little yeah, bit? Yeah. Um, well, I would have 
access to vendors where basically, you know, Freightliner, Volvo, all of them, they, they get their parts from somewhere. Yeah. They have a vendor that they're getting those parts from. So that's that is what I'm reaching to to do now, okay. because you're going to get those parts at cost. Now, when I go down, of course, to you know Freightliner or Volvo, I'm not I'm I'm not getting it at cost. I'm getting it right. at their list price. They've already marked that part. You're up. Getting it marked up. Yeah. So like if they've marked it up, then it's only so much I can mark it up to sell it to the customer. Right. So I'm trying to find the wholesale, and you know, um, I had a meeting and with this with this person, and they're. Um, they have all that that information. How difficult is that process to go direct? Is it is it a tough process to go direct with them or like you for the vendors? The, yeah, to get direct with the vendors. That I'm not. I'm in the process of okay. the process of that now. Okay. But um, I don't see it being too difficult because the person that that I'm working with, he has all the vendors. Okay. So got it. Yeah, he's the one that we putting me on to like this vendor, all these vendors where we can get those parts at wholesale, and then not only be able to have them like right at our footstep where we can get the trucks out of here faster, but also where we can have more of a profit margin. Yeah. And, and, and a, a cost saving. So you could also pass that along to your customers Absolutely. as well, exactly. which is important. Exactly. What, what about, talk to me about uh, techs. How do you guys find technicians? Um, it has been difficult to find techs. How many techs do you have working now? Can you just talk about that? Yeah. So we have three now. Um, we, we cater to the, you know, returning citizens. So we, um, we can, we get them from like the transitional center. Um, also we partnered with Atlanta technical college where we'll get their students to come here. Um, they can come in if they come and intern, if they want, want a job, we'll go out there and speak. Um, they'll post up our ads. So we get technicians from there and then also from word of mouth or on indeed when we post, you know, post ads on indeed and stuff like that, mm -hmm. post jobs. Got it. How, how much can a tech stand to make these days in, in this market? Oh, it varies. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I would say between 30 to maybe 50 -ish an hour. An hour? Yeah. Got it. And, and what is the process to kind of work with you guys? Because you said you have returning citizens, which mm -hmm. are formerly incarcerated Correct. people. Um, what is the what does that process look like for me? Anybody who may be listening, um, you know, to this right now and who's interested. They would just have to reach out um, to us now. It depends on, you know, where they are, of course, at the time. Yeah, if they're yeah, actually sure. um, in the transitional center. But um, we would, you know, talk to them and interview them to make sure, like, that you, you that you really want to change, yeah. <laughs> you know, because, I mean, we want to give that opportunity to those who want who want to change and do better. If you don't give them the opportunity to change and do better, then they will just go result back into what they did to go to get incarcerated in the first yeah, place. Yeah. So if they reach out to us. We'll talk. I've had people, you know, reach out to me in my inbox you know, on Instagram and ask about the program. And I told them as soon as I get the details, let's get the shop, you know, up and going first. And then I can start working on that on that program because, you know, um, like I said, they, they can come here, they can learn and be a certified diesel mechanic. Mm. So once that all of that is in place, they'll be able to do that. And so so who certifies them? Are you guys certifying them or are they getting certified through another means? They'll they will probably have to be certified through another means. They can come here to get all their training. OK. But as far as they, where they get certified from, um, that is what another thing that we're working on. OK, got it. What's the most challenging part about this business? 
I would say uh, mechanics. The mechanics. Yeah. Be- because a lot of people who actually own a diesel shop, they actually can fix on the trucks themselves. Mm. A lot of times, they're the owner of them, they they fix them. They start, and re- regardless if they start small or just go big, they start off like, okay, I can, you know, I can work on the truck. And the, the good thing about that is they can, they can, if they do lose a technician, they just kind of move a little slower. Because they'll be doing the work themselves. Mm. So that is the most challenging part. Because, I mean, when we first first opened, <laughs> I had an issue with that. Like, one of the techs. And um, I'm, I'm very big on productivity and, like, quality. So if you're not, if I don't feel like you're up to the task or if you can actually fix a truck according to my liking, I won't have you here because I don't want you working on my truck if you can't fix a truck. <laughs> right. <laughs> I have a fleet, so that's the whole point. Right, right. So, you know, um, that is the, that's the hardest part. But you have to do what you have to do at times. I've had to call people up here, you know, um, because I had a truck, a customer truck that I was working on. And the, the technician, he didn't show up. So I was like, oh, my God, we got to get this truck fixed. <laughs> so I don't care who. So I started making phone calls, and I had someone come up here to my facility to have that truck fixed just so I can, you know, appease the customer and get that truck out of here when it was promised. Yeah, yeah. How are you guys marketing and putting the, putting the word out and getting customers in here? Uh, social media and um, signs. Uh, he went around, Kevin went around. There's some yards like over here, like three yards. There's two um, Amazon facilities that we're right in the middle of, PNG. Like there are signs that are put up all around this area. It's a major industrial area over here. Mm. Um, from I mean, from Flat Shows exit to this one to Fairburn, um, another Amazon location is up there. So, uh, and a lot of our customers, because when they come in, I do have them fill out a sheet to say, you know, what are your concerns today, and ask all your questions about your truck. Um, and one of those questions on there asks, "How did you hear about us?" Right. Most of them said the sign, but then also, you know, if you Google, you know, diesel shop too in this area. We are the first ones that come up. Okay, well, that's a good. That's, that's a very that's good, definitely thing. <laughs> a good thing. Well, so what so from your experience, the customers that you have had, what what are like the the differentiating factors? Why are they coming to you? Why are they trying a new shop? Because maybe they're going somewhere else before. What what are you bringing to the marketplace that's different than the uh, than the experience that you know people have had in the past? Uh, quality and good service. A lot of them, the, the customers that I have ca- had come here, they don't want to take their trucks to where they were before um, because they either they didn't fix it right um, or they didn't like the customer service. So they want to come elsewhere. I mean, because we even had to tell one customer like, hey, you need to take this truck back there. And he's like, I don't want to do that. I don't mm-hmm. want to go back to this company. Right. <laughs> and it, it was like, okay, take it there. And then if they don't do right by you, then bring it back here. But at least go there if they didn't fix it right. Because they really should fix it for free. They should fix it. For sure. So um, that that's the most the main thing. They don't want to take it back like where, they, where it was going. A few of them have said that they didn't fix it right or they didn't like them. Got it. How 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 how's your uh experience at how much has your experience at Nissan helped you in building oh this business <laughs> a ton <laughs> a ton what are some of those things that you kind of took from Nissan and you're kind of implementing here well the whole entire process like when you come in the you know you're 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 speaking to an advisor now we all of our all of the like employees have not started yet but there will be an advisor that sits they'll sit up here yeah. um, along with a receptionist but basically when you come in you, we, you know, we greet you, of course. Um, we get the write-up sheet, actually what's going on with your truck. Um, once you do that, we actually write it up. Now, a lot of, I know a lot of shops besides, you know, like Freightliner or 
uh, Volvo, they will have an actual DMS software. And that's basically like where you, you know, go in. I, I don't know. You take your car to the dealership and they mm -hmm. give you a paper mm -hmm. with everything on there. That's what we do here. The diagnostics. Yeah. Like yeah. diagnostics or, you know, just sign for your paperwork like that. You had your car done. You had a water pump done. Pay for it and you leave. Right. Same thing here. Um, it's not your traditional where you just write on the sheet, you know, write on it and then give it to them. We actually track your the history. So if you come in and say, hey, you know, I need this. Or if we get, gave you, let's say, the last time you were here, you had recommendations that you needed XYZ replaced. That is in our software. So it's very, very similar to as if you went to an actual dealership. Um, we write it up, take it, we put it in a, a sleeve. Uh, and one of my vendors pointed that out. It was like, who's from the automotive industry here? And I said, <laughs> that would be me. And he was like, only people who worked in, worked in the automotive field know about that. They're yeah. actually right there, but I don't know if you can see it, but they're sitting right there. Okay. But those, um, that type of stuff, you don't really go and find, go into a, uh, a diesel shop to, you don't really see that. Got it. So it's very, it's all of my automotive industry experience I brought here and that's how it's being structured. Got it. Got it. Being woman owned, is, is that a advantage or is that a disadvantage in this business for you? Sometimes it can be a disadvantage. Why? Um, because like they feel like if you're a woman, you don't really know what you're talking about, or what you're doing. Um, they feel like it's a man's world. So I, I feel like sometimes uh, you, you know, they don't really give you that respect that you need. And I have to like, you know, put my drivers in their place a, a few times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, more than once. <laughs> right, right, right. And um, and they, you know, they learn not to try me again. But right. yeah, they they will they will do that. Gotcha. They will say some things to you that they won't they won't say to a man. Yeah. What What about on the the diesel shop side? Has that Has it the same like like I guess dealing with the mechanics or even dealing with like the you know the the vendors that you have to deal with and having these conversations? Like they look at you a little funny. Like yeah, when you're they, saying like you know I own this diesel shop. Like how is that reaction and that response? Their reaction is is, is always priceless um, because <laughs> when they when they come in they'll be talking and I'll greet them and stuff and I'll say how you doing and um and they'll they'll go straight to Kevin. Right. <laughs> he'll go to talk and he'll show him around and he comes back up there and he said oh and by the way this is the owner mm. and their face just dropped to the floor like huh <laughs> you're the, <laughs> like you're the owner i'm like hey nice to meet you right but they they always bypass me it's funny <laughs> <laughs> but I don't, I, I don't take offense to it i mean because i know i know what i'm up against i know you know that like i said it's usually it, it was dominated by men but you know right not anymore not anymore not anymore I, I i see a lot of a lot of women getting into it so yeah um yeah. but for, i mean customers when they come in they don't you know they they never know who i am it's just even even when i had a technician that came in that wanted to apply for a job but they just look they look at me they they don't they never expect me to be the owner got it got it how how are you managing the two businesses now cuz you still have the trucks running mm -hmm. um do you have somebody else overseeing like the trucking operation are you still doing that as well primarily I still do it all how do you manage that how do you manage your time to be able to do that some days are uh easier than others <laughs> um what i do because we haven't gotten too too busy here yet um I use I utilize a lot of that time during the day when I'm not dealing with a customer. Um, if I don't have a truck that's in here, I sit up here um, until uh, business picks up, of course. But I'll you know answer the phones. I'll go out and write up the truck and stuff like that. So a lot of times I utilize the the downtime to kind of keep up and you know look on the load board. The good thing about now is I do have uh, some self sustained drivers 
So one of them, he books his own loads. Mm. The other one um, that runs on Kroger, those, they're dispatched by them. So I don't, I'm not pulled in too, too many areas at, at the moment, but I still have to juggle that in my warranty administrator business. Got it. Who is your target customer? What type of, uh, you know, carriers or, or truck owners are you looking for? Like what, what will be your, your avatar for a customer? Who's your perfect customer? Anyone who has a truck. The ones who have a, who have a truck. I mean, it's owner operators, like really who, whoever. Um, I mean, it's no certain like ones that I actually target. Like, are you looking for like bigger fleets or like kind of? We like, definitely want a bigger fleet. Yeah. Bigger. Now, my goal, my goal is to actually have it, is my goal is to actually get someone. Well, uh, actual a fleet where they bring, they're bringing their trucks here. Like they bring their whole fleet. Mm-hmm. Now we do have one customer um, that's like that. The only one that we actually have on the net thirty. Um, they they actually they reached out. I'm not sure how they found this, by the way, <laughs> but <laughs> but they reached out and they want they want us to handle their their fleet of trucks. Okay, I want to get something. I want to get more of those accounts. Okay, okay, got it. Tell tell me about how you uh, the the process in which you kind of educate your, your customers when they come through the door. Can you can you talk about that? What's that process look like? So we want to have this program where we're actually training you on your maintenance. Okay. So, you know, a lot of people, when they get into the trucking company, they get into it to just, they, oh, I can make all this money and they don't know what comes with it. Right. Um, Maintenance is a huge, huge part about it. And a lot of people kind of just, I don't know, they just forget about it or they just kind of don't think about it. But we're training them on maintenance. To show like, okay, this is the importance of this. So, you know, one Saturday we want to have like a seminar where we're explaining to you like how often you should get a PM done. Okay. Um, the next one would be about breaks. But we're going to have different vendors coming here and, and you know, do – it'll start off like, you know, maybe a Zoom or like a, a YouTube video. But once we get some people to actually come, they're being trained on keeping up with the maintenance on, on, their, on their trucks mm. so that they can keep running. Because if you're good to the truck, it'll be it'll be good to you. Right. So that's a different thing too, as well that we offer here is more than just you bringing your truck in to spend money. You actually gain, you know, you get some education going on. You learn. So, okay, got it. So this is something that you offer to just a general public, like yes, you know, they don't have to be a customer per se, or no, like just come in, get your training, and obviously that will they'll turn into a customer. At some Absolutely, point, probably right. Yep. Okay. All right. Got you. And you also are working on the, speaking of training, you're also doing a training facility for the techs as well, right? Correct. Can you talk about that? Because we we took a tour of that uh, that part of the building too. So tell me me about that. So we have a loft area upstairs that you guys saw. um, It's where we'll be training uh, like technicians, um, our returning citizens who wants to come out and um, learn how to be a mechanic. That's what that area up there is for. And it'll also be like a, it'll be like a training course. It'll be you know a table set up and stuff like that for them to test, and they can um, have like a little internship or something like that. But they'll be able to learn and get their certification to learn how to be a mechanic. How much of a shortage is it with with mechanics? Is it tough to find mechanics? It is tough days? to find mechanics. Yeah, a lot of people are looking for mechanics. Every time I say hey, if I ask one of my vendors, hey, you have any uh, mechanics looking for a job? And he'll say. That's a question everybody's asking. Everybody needs mechanics. Wow. And I mean, I guess that shortage kind of came in from COVID, but I don't, I really don't know what happened there. <laughs> like, where that, where are y'all working? Like, yeah, yeah. But they, uh, since the um, pandemic, 
um, a, a lot of even in the in the car dealerships, like they just mechanics are just hard to come by. Right, and I'm so I mean that's a huge opportunity. People are looking for you know jobs and working opportunities. So yeah, you know, it's about the driver shortage. It's also mechanic. It's always shortage. Uh, also mechanic shortage. Also, yes. all right, cool. So. I mean, you're obviously an entrepreneur. How how big are you looking to build this out? You you talked about how it's always bigger than you expect it to be. Yes. So what will be the next phase of 16 phase? Where do you see um, this business in the next, uh, you know, two to five years? Where do you see a trucking company in the next two to five years? Talk about that, about scaling and just growth. Well, event, so 16 phase, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to blow it out the water. Okay. I want it to be all over. Um, I want multiple locations in terms of the shop repair. As, shop. Yes. Okay. As, as, um, for the repair shop. Um, and then, that, and also parts because I want it to be, you know, 16 phase parts and service. Okay. So right now it's just service. Um, we have to go get the parts, but I want multiple locations all over. That is my goal. As soon as this one blows up and get where it needs to be, it's profitable and it's, it's staying that way. Cause you just can't wait until it. It gets profitable when you go open and stuff. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, but that is my ultimate goal is to have um, multiple, multiple loca- locations. Yes. Mm-hmm. And what about on the trucking side? Um, to grow the fleet. Okay. Get more, you know, to grow the fleet and get more, get more trucks on. So do you see yourself, at, so you see yourself continuing to both businesses and not like kind of just maybe focusing more attention on, on the 16 phase diesel shop? Like you can see yourself growing like laterally both, both businesses? Yes, because they they work hand in hand. Okay. Um. Now, of course, you know the bigger the fleet, the more people I will need to hire. Yeah. And have you know help it like whether that's a dispatcher, um, or someone who will take phone calls from the drivers. Like if the drivers have issues, like hey, you know you can contact this person, and then if it's really serious, then they they contact me for anything that they can't handle. Right. But that's what the ultimate goal is because I mean, why not? You have a diesel shop. That can fix the trucks. Why not grow the fleet? Yeah, yeah. How has the market been to you in terms of just trucking? Because right now, a lot of people are suffering in the business. A lot of people are going out of business, right? Because, you know, fuel is high. Rates aren't as good as they were a right. couple years ago. How are you maintaining right now on the trucking side? Um, We're good on the trucking side. It is a decline in what, um, what I was doing before. I will say that. Also, but you know, a lot of that honestly too has to. It depends on the driver. Yeah. Um. I've you know I had some great drivers. I have some mediocre. I've had both. So um, right now we still have that dedicated lane. The dedicated so that's lane. what actually helps us. Right. But sometimes even that can kind of slow down with work as well though because they won't have, they weren't having as many loads as they were having before. Yeah. So it it, it is a little a, a decrease. Yeah. Yes. Got for it. Sure. Got it. Okay. Cool. Well. Um, definitely enjoyed, you know, talking and learning more about 16 phase and, and your plans for the future. Um, so we'll begin to kind of wrap it up. Um, before we go, two things we have to, you know, let everybody know where they can connect with you, learn more about all the things you're doing. Uh, number one, obviously the diesel shop, um, your trucking, co- is, what's the trucking company name? It's, it's Star Scott Logistics. Star Scott Logistics. Yes. Okay. About Star Scott Logistics. And just to connect with you personally and also the different work you're doing with the diesel techs, um, the returning citizens, all that. So where's the best place to connect with you and learn more about that? And then lastly, we have to do our final thought, which is something entrepreneurial, spiritual, wherever you want to leave the audience with, just some encouraging words. Um, so yeah, let's start with, uh, let's start with that. Let's start with, uh, where they connect with you and learn more. 
So you can connect with me on Instagram, star underscore Skidmore 16 or 16 phase diesel. Um, Facebook, it's same star Skidmore and 16 phase diesel. Okay. Got you. And then the final thought, what do you want to leave our audience with? Hmm. Make it a good one. Make it a good one. No, it's a, I mean, it's the same. Yeah, they can reach out to me. Um, either yeah, one. that same way. Yeah. Okay. Final thought. The final thoughts. I would say, you know, be educated before you jump into this business. Um, what I've seen is a lot of people, they look at like the money that a truck can make, but they don't look at what is spent out. You know, you can say, oh, okay, well, you know, my truck made all these thousands of dollars, 10000 a week, but what did you actually bring home? What did you keep? And that is the, the main thing of why a lot of them go down and they go under because they typically underestimate the cost to maintain that truck. And that's with maintenance. That's with insurance, your authority. Like, it's you know, it's, especially when you get your authority, it's very top heavy. Um, and it's, it's, it's just a lot of people jump out and go get that, not knowing what they're getting themselves into. So I would say research, do your research and look into exactly what you're getting into and what you're buying and take it from there. No, I love that. That's uh, that's great advice. If you can't respect that, your whole perspective is whack. Hustle fam, you know what we do around this time. If you smell something burning, it's only a desire. Star, thank you so much for you know allowing us here in your beautiful facility. Um, you guys got to come check it out. They got some dope floors. I love the floors. Everything is beautiful. Um, you're building something really special here, so congratulations on that. Thank and you. I look forward to you, your growth and seeing 16 phases all over, all over, all over the country, all over. Right? That's what we're gonna do. That's it. All right, y'all. Listen, it's Ramel. We are out until next time. Peace. If you twisted, confused, or stuck about trucks, don't be dumb. This is the place to come. Truck and hustle. Let's go.